Welcome to Folk Roots Radio. I'm Jan Hall. All the best in Folk Roots Americana, singer-songwriters and blues, and artist interviews. On Folk Roots Radio, we're all about the music and the people that make it. Now, coming up on this episode, we're giving over the whole of the hour to a conversation with Doug MacArthur from Chelsea, Quebec, who joins us to chat about the horses of the sea, his new collection of songs and stories about Ireland. It's absolutely wonderful. I love it, and I hope you'll enjoy it too. But before we get to the interview, from the horses of the sea, this is Doug MacArthur with the title track. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm John Hall. How Cuculan Fought the Horses of the Sea It is easily told. In ancient times, there was a mighty queen of Connaught in the west of Ireland. And that queen coveted a prize bull that was treasured by the king of Ulster. So the armies of the west moved eastward to claim the magical beast. But it happened that a great sickness had fallen on the army of Ulster, and all its once proud warriors were unable to rise and defend the country. So the king of Ulster put his faith in one mighty warrior who was unaffected by the sickness, and he sent forth Cuculan to harass and stall the invaders while his army recovered. Cuculan was a true hero, never defeated in battle, and he met the Connaught armies at the many fords of the River Boyne, and one by one he defeated their champions and all who would dare to confront him. Then he would retreat to another ford in the river to stall the invasion once again. Finally, the West sent forth a new young champion against Cuculan. No one knew who this young man was. Before I kill you, tell me your name, said Cuculan. I will never tell you my name. They fought all day and the battle was mighty indeed. The new champion was clearly the equal of even Cuculan. But as the day wore on, the younger man weakened. And by evening, it was apparent that Cuculan would once again conquer his enemy. You have fought well. Tell me your name and I will spare you. I will never tell you my name. So in the fullness of battle, the war rage came on Cuculan, and he killed the young warrior. But as he looked over the body of the brave young man, Cuculan suddenly realized that the warrior was his own son, not seen for many years. A terrible sadness came over Cuculan, and he sat down by the ocean and stirred the embers of his regret. The king of Ulster was afraid now. If Cuculan sits and stirs up all his anger and self-loathing at what he has done, then the war rage will come on him again, and he will lash out at all who come near him, and our own warriors will be killed, just as they are recovering from their sickness. So he sent an enchantress to the champion where he lay, and a spell was woven 
so the Kukulan would look upon the pounding white waves of the ocean and perceive them as the horses of the enemy. Alarm, alarm, wake now, Kukulan. See, your enemies are upon you. And the war rage came on Kukulan like never before, and he strode into the roaring whitecaps, and his sword rang like thunder as he attacked the oncoming waves. And after three days and three nights, even Kukulan was exhausted by the never-ending horses of the sea. He fell on the sand and he slept. Now Ulster's soldiers were all recovered from their strange sickness and they rose and met the armies of Connaught. It is easily told. Morning, I left Galway The sun was on the sea Girls wore cotton dresses in Air Square The boys hauled in the salmon From the Carib by the weir In the cathedral, dust danced bright upon the air The morning I left Galway the shops were waking up All the cobbled streets were washed and bare Down by Spanish Arch Early lovers found spot Upon the grass before the crowds got there The morning I left Galway The crane bar shook its head Poured off the first Guinness of the day And on the path to Salt Hill The fiddler played a tune Wondered how his girl had slipped away If I drank all the tears of Ireland The Shannon would run dry The beating heart might slow but never stay And all the stony burn All the cliffs and sea Slipped beneath my wings Slipped beneath my wings Slipped beneath my wings And fell away On the plain I dreamed that Cromwell Come with flame and saber he had Driven all the people to the sea When I awoke the ice was drifting Off the shores of Newfoundland And I was home and safe and free If I drank all the tears of Ireland The Shannon would run dry Beating heart might slow but never stay And all the stony burn All the cliffs and sea Slipped beneath my wings Slipped beneath my wings Slipped beneath my wings and fell away
Hi, this is Graydon James and Laura Spink from The Young Novelists. And you're listening to Folk Roots Radio with Jan Hall. That's Doug MacArthur with the narration, The Horses of the Sea, a dramatic retelling of the ancient Cuculin legend and the title track of Doug's latest album. We followed that with the beautiful The Morning I Left Galway from the same recording. As Doug MacArthur says, this is not a collection of Irish songs, but a collection of songs about Ireland. To learn more about the project, we're pleased to welcome Doug MacArthur to Folk Roots Radio. It's great to be able to talk to you today. Hello, how are you doing? And wonderful. I have to say, I absolutely love this album. It's just got an incredible wow. atmospheric feel to it. Thank you so much. That's good. You must have had a lot of pleasure making it. Yeah, it was about a two-year project, really. It started out just haphazardly putting together some songs and went through several stages. A reflection of uh, a country I've learned to love late in life. So it's an itch that I needed to scratch. Uh, I've been going to Ireland for the last five years, doing these bicycle tours and other tours in the west of Ireland particularly. In the winter, I read Irish history and studied up on it. So every time I came back, uh, even though the bicycle tours, for example, are all the same route, uh, it was like uncovering another layer, another onion skin every time I went. And it's very strange for my time on the bicycle tour, the rides, you ride uh, 50 miles a day, something like that, and it has gotten slower and slower. And it's not due to my advanced age, it's due to uh, the fact that I'm seeing more and I'm stopping more and I'm something I passed by five years ago is now the center of my day, you know, some ancient ruin or, of course, Ireland, if you've ever been there, is just chock-a-block with uh, li living history and dead history as well. This was a process of uncovering that thread in myself and verbalizing it, which is kind of what I like to do. And I get the impression that you really connect with that side of things. I mean, we started off with uh, your beautiful narration. i got to say you're a great narrator. Uh, well, thank you. Beautiful narration of the story of Kukulin's The Horses of the Sea. To me, it seems like it was just really natural for you to be able to weave in the narrations. I think there are three on the album mm -hmm. uh, with the songs. And i got to say, nine-track album, but beautifully sequenced. Thank you. Uh, yeah, well, I have done some acting, and I used to uh, be on the CBC a little bit with Paul Mills' program, the Touch the Earth. Uh, he hired me many years ago to be a comedy writer on there. We used to do little comedy bits where I was the uh, drugged-up folk singer who was responding to authority figures. And uh, so I did get a little bit of practice in back then in terms of lower your voice by half an octave and, uh, you know, you... Uh, speak very directly and distinctly. So uh, I was very happy to be able to use that part of uh, of my talent, I guess, or what I like to do. Not everyone is crazy about the narration, by the way. My brother loves the songs, for example, but can't stand the the stories. It's not what he's expecting or something, but he's a silly man anyway. So. Yeah, well, I was going to say, he's your brother, so he probably knows you too <laughs> well. But I really liked it. And I, I got to say, I, I actually really get off on the blend of the, the narration and the songs. Now, you mentioned the, you know, you're on the tour of Ireland. So how many days is each of the cycle tours? <clears throat> well, the bicycle tour itself is eight days. Every year, I add more and more time before and after that, and I try and explore a different uh, section of Ireland. 
So I branched out from that, spending a lot of time in Dublin and on the East Coast and the Neolithic sites like Newgrange that are north of there that are actually older than the pyramids, for example, and out into the Wicklow Hills, which is stunningly beautiful. And uh, also down to Dingle in the more or less the south and up that southwest coast, which is just spectacular, and north up into Mayo. Mayo. Two years ago, two summers ago, I climbed uh, Krog Patrick, which is the Irish holy mountain, which is where St. Patrick uh, supposedly uh, drove the snakes out of Ireland, even though there never were any real snakes in Ireland. Yeah, it was funny because I was actually reading a Facebook post you put up a few days ago. Mm -hmm. You know, I should mention to people, <laughs> we are in the midst of the coronavirus yes. emergency. So we're, we're all socially distancing. But Doug put up a post just, you know, unfortunately, St. Patrick's Day, as everybody knows, uh, was uh, pretty much canceled this year. But you shared some Irish history and, you know, with this album, which I've got to say, I really love. And the Horses of the Sea, I want to encourage as many of our listeners as possible to check it out. We started off with the story of Cuculin. I'm not completely familiar with it, but I, I should mention just a little bit of my own personal history. I'm a big fan of the Irish band Horselips. They have the wonderful album, well, they did several albums that dipped into Irish history, have the beautiful Book of Invasions. And I got kind of connected. I think that's why I find it really easy to to step into this. But tell us a little bit mm -hmm. about Cuculin, can you? Well, Cuculin or Cahullan, as they tend to say in the North, uh, he's a bit like the prototype of the Incredible Hulk. I actually think this is where the idea came from, because he was an ancient mythic hero that was uh, unbeatable in battle. And when he faced his enemies, he would warp uh, into this giant, powerful thing. And, and the descriptions, which are all in a book called the Tembu Collage, and you'll have to pardon the pronunciation there, I'm sure, his history is written down in that book. The appearance changes that go through great gouts of blood come thundering out of his head and he becomes enormous and uh, he becomes absolutely unbeatable. And you get it set up into that story that was uh, that was told in Horses of the Sea, which is, by the way, only one of the many stories about Cahalan. I think uh, Irish people probably grow up with it uh, the way we grew up with a Superman myth or something like that just something that's integral to them. Now, we actually segued into the next track on the mm. album, which is yes. The Morning I Left Galway, which is a beautiful song. Uh, I think it may have been the first one that I actually thought about playing on Folk Roots Radio. Uh, mm -hmm. But they go so well together. Tell us a little bit about the writing of that song. Well, I was filming for uh, some stonemasons who were rebuilding the parliament buildings, and the head stonemason, who you may know, Bobby Watt, and he hired me to do this documentary. In the process of me going to the Isle of Varen in Scotland to film where he grew up, and he was meeting me there, he asked me if I would stop off in Ireland because of this odd little memorial that they were building in the center of Ireland, which he had contributed, these granite blocks, which had come from uh, the 9-11 excavation where he was working in New York. They were the actual docks that the Irish landed on when they first came. It was the old Irish docks. And he contributed four of these table-sized, dinner table-sized uh, blocks, which are now the center of that memorial, a place called Lakbora. And it forms a Celtic cross in the middle of this beautiful stone building that now exists there. 
Uh, so they were still building it, but he asked me if I would stop off in Ireland and uh, film that as part of the story. Of course, I said, sure, that's just something else to do. I'd spent a lot of time in Scotland previously, but I'd never actually been to Ireland. So I rented a car and drove up there and filmed it. And the first, ho- um, the first hotel I'd booked was in Galway, which was about an hour away. And I didn't know anything about Galway, and I just drove in checked into the hotel, walked downtown, and within 20 minutes, I felt like I'd come home to something that I'd been missing all my life. Uh, I felt completely at home there. It's, it is a tourist uh, center. These ancient streets where there are no cars going, leading down to the harbor, are famous all over the world for people meeting and musicians and dancers out there all the time and uh, 24 hours a day. And uh, I just felt like it was uh, a coming home for me that I didn't expect. So I stayed there for the whole week, basically. And uh, when I was leaving, I started writing that song because I said, something's happened in my life here. I've touched something that I didn't know existed. And so I said, well, this is the morning and I'm leaving Galway and uh, I know I'm going to be back. And I've been back uh, altogether probably about, eight times because I sometimes visit it twice in uh, one trip, for example. That's Mm -hmm. a nice thing about this project because, you know, your love of Ireland and your love of this project really comes through. So I want to compliment Mm -hmm. you on that. I think we'd go back to the album now. Now I'm going to play a track on the album that I wasn't sure I was going to play at the start (laughs) because it's the heavy horses on the highway. And Uh. people may not realize I actually used to be a veterinarian. And every time I hear this story, I feel like, oh, a bit sad about what happened. Now, I get the impression this must have been something that actually occurred when you were on the road, right? It's imaginary based on images. And I'll tell you quickly the three images. I was riding on the bicycle tour, second day of the bicycle tour, and you come up to this little village, and which is mentioned in the song. And uh, as I w- three things happened. As I was riding into town... There were these old boys in big gumboots and, uh, and, and bush jackets loading these beautiful, what they call their heavy horses, which are the horses with the big feet, you know, that uh, I, I, by the way, I know that about horses, by the way. Uh, anyway, I recognized them as heavy working horses into this little tiny carriage sort of thing, which looked pretty flimsy. And it occurred to me, I stopped and watched them for a bit on the side of the road. And I said, that's dangerous, you know, these those horses are like the size of tractors. And two minutes later, I was in the middle of the town and there was either a wedding or a funeral going on at the one church right in the middle. This is a very tiny place. And I couldn't see it, but I got this sense that something was occurring. So that's that aspect of the song. As I was leaving, two minutes later, there's a giant hedgerow on the right-hand side and a red fox came blasting six feet in the air out across the road in front of me, no cars visible, and hit the road running and disappeared off into the uh, into the moors on the other side. And so I pulled off the side of the road and took my phone out and started to write. I said, well, it's a good thing that Fox didn't jump out and scare those horses or it might end up being a funeral, was the way my thought went, <laughs> you know, because I'd just seen these events. And that developed into uh, into that song heavy horses on the highway. You know, I I love what you did there because you really kind of, you know, it's always 
one of the reasons I love doing this show is getting that glimpse into the the mind of the songwriter. You know, you see mm. something that works. Well, it, you don't want to say anything to a songwriter because you're liable to, it'll show up in a song somewhere. I mean, we are completely untrustworthy. Any event that happens or or comment can, gets plagiarized and uh, and ameliorated into um, into a song at some point. Let's listen to that just now. This is Doug MacArthur with Heavy Horses on the Highway. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. We were loading heavy horses on the Kilmarie Road. Red Fox jumped the hedgerow, the trailer did explode. There were foot-long splinters, a red mist showed. Destruction everywhere. Barely little Billy with his head kicked in, never ever gonna stand up again. Joxer and Toby were running down the road. Heavy horses on the highway. Down at the churchyard, people were kind You could hear them talking in the crowd behind There's not a mark on him, he's hailing fine How could all that happen? There's little Billy in the cold hard ground I'm standing here, I cannot make a sound I cried like a child when they put those horses down Heavy horses on the highway On the rocky road to Dublin town The rain rolls in as the night comes down Out on the highway I'm all alone Six white horses come to carry me home Heavy horses on the highway Since the red fox hit the fan Six years and counting There's still people staring in the high road shops Billy's mother glares at me All the talking stops I sit beside the pine Till the conversation drops Heavy horses on the highway On the rocky road to Dublin town The rain rolls in as the night comes down Out on the highway I'm all alone Six white horses Gonna carry me home Heavy horses on the highway
always meant to ask her how the sea got in her eyes. On the ferry to Kilronan, she caught me by surprise. Standing by the gangway, watching through the rain. A stony climb to Dukatar, I saw her once again. The reeling gulls and the rolling waves were all that did attend. The sun was slanting through the clouds and failing now and then. We picked our way quite separately round the stony bay surprised each other face to face where the cliff face dropped away. Two faces on that cliff face on rugged Inishmoor. On the ragged edge of Europe high above a rugged shore. Limestone pavements cracked with age. Black stone towers high. No one knows who built this fort. Nobody knows why. Did you come here for the shamrock? For the gentle songs of she? Have you forgotten how Kukulin fought the horses of the sea? There are no shamrocks here, just long years underground. Remember why we're waiting? Do you know what you have found? I always meant to ask her how the sea got in her eyes. Hi there, we're over the moon. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio with Jan Hall. That's Doug MacArthur with Heavy Horses on the Highway, followed by another wonderful narration, The Black Fort. Doug MacArthur's our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today, chatting about the wonderful album, The Horses of the Sea. I, I can't talk highly enough about this album. Uh, just absolutely fabulous, especially if you're like me and not like Doug's brother and love a bit of narration with your songs. Uh, quite beautiful. And Doug does a tremendous job on the narration of this. Let's talk about the making of the album, Doug, this wonderful atmosphere to this. Now, when I read about the album on your website, which people can check out, dougimac.com, there doesn't seem to be too many players on it. It's essentially me uh, on the record. Uh, I have a recording studio. It's very high quality here. I do in uh, Wakefield, Quebec, in my house, and I do recordings for people. I work a lot with Ian Tablin, who just lives around the corner corner for me, for example. And uh, for small projects, he very often comes over here and records. I'm not a tremendous instrumentalist. I mean, I think I play a solid guitar, but I've got a knack for fooling around with, uh, with sounds on the synthesizer. And so with unlimited time, I can build up textures like I've been doing in most of these songs. So 90% of the recording was just me overlaying stuff until it was sounded right. On the morning I left Galway, I wanted 
a little touch of something Irish there. So I contacted my friend Tom Layton, who lives in Toronto, who can play anything. I love playing with Tom. And uh, he put the, the uh, whistle on that and the uh, little accordion sort of thing. Squeeze box. I'm not sure quite what you call that, what he was playing. Just at the end, there's a little tag that uh, sounds vaguely Irish. And then another, the other cut, the letter to Marie, is actually almost 30 years old. Uh, when I was in California, I played with a lady named Jeffra, who was a wonderful pianist and singer. And we did that on an album that never really got released. It was just, just got lost in the shop somewhere. We did release later some fairly successful material. I brought her in a Yamaha Grand, which she loved, and she's classically trained. So she played that beautiful part that we'll hear later. But then I listened to it back and realized I'd been writing about Ireland before I'd even been to Ireland. <laughs> but my voice, of course, is 30 years younger. And as you can probably tell, I'm fairly gruff vocally. And uh, it sounded like a little boy to me now. So I had to go through and match my vocal phrase for phrase. And then because I didn't have the multitracks to, to just take it off and do it again. So then I had to blend them at about 30%, and that made it so that you don't immediately go, oh, who's that singing all of a sudden? Because on the original one, you certainly would do that. So that has an interesting story as well. Usually I hire really good people or, or befriend really good people to play because, uh, I mean, I, I love the textures that are added by really good musicians. In this case, I thought it was apropos of the material and the mood of what I was trying to do to essentially do it myself. I'm glad that people seem to agree with that. Oh, yeah, and it's got a lovely feel to it. I mean, I, that's one of the things I love. You know, you could say, well, it's fairly simple. There's not too many players on it, as you said, but you really, I think you captured it because I, thought, I think Ireland is one of those countries that, you know, and I'm actually speaking as somebody who knows Ireland really just through other people. I've never been there myself. You mentioned the history. I think the fact that you have been there so many times since you first went there, Daphne speaks to that. Mm -hmm. It's just a beautiful place. I'm certainly not alone uh, in being fascinated by it. I've got a whole network of Facebook friends and other people that contact me now that uh, have had the same thing happen until you go there once and suddenly you're in love with the place. I'd like to go back to the album and play another track. We're going to play Maud Gone, which I think is, is that more of a historical song? Yeah, there was, Maud Gone is kind of like the Joan of Arc of Ireland. And uh, she lived a long time, but she lost her, her husband in the 1916 uprising, which is a very central factor in, in, in Ireland, in the creation of the country. And that took place in Dublin, 1916. Even before that, she was vir virulently pro-republic all about trying to break away from England and form a country. And another person at the same time was William Butler Yeats, who she was involved with. Maud Gunn was his mystic drive, his muse. So all those beautiful uh, Irish romantic poems that, that uh, Yeats wrote, when you're old and gray and full of sleep, nodding by the fire, Take down this book and slowly read and dream of the soft look your eyes had once and of their shadows deep. All that stuff that you might have heard in school. I did it, certainly. That's Maud Gunn he's talking about. Now, his love was never returned. They both lived a fairly long length of time. But she kept 
inspiring him to take other leaps into both uh, physical attraction and also the world of fairy, the world of, uh, of mysticism in Ireland, uh, which Yeats was, uh, was very much into. So that's what's going on in the, in, in the song is pretty much a direct retelling of Maud Gunn's life. There have been several books written about her. She's a, some, some, anyone interested can find her very quickly on the web. And she's a fascinating life, absolutely gorgeous. Everybody in Ireland fell in love with her. And she just led Ireland around by the nose for about 50 years there. <laughs> Let's listen to that just now. This is Doug MacArthur with Maud Gunn from his wonderful new album, The Horses of the Sea. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. To see her in O'Connell Street would drop you in your tracks. Six feet of golden beauty with hair a cloud of flax. You could offer your opinion in the end you faced the facts. Long ago she'd lost her heart to Ireland. There came a mighty poet, he's the finest in the land. He offered songs and stories, he tried to take her hand. He saw his true reflection, but he came to understand. Long ago, she'd lost her heart to Ireland. And many were the soldiers with swords laid at her feet. Mighty politicians with phrases swift to need And they all tried to use her In the end they met defeat Long ago she lost her heart to Ireland Now those who live among us And are bathed in golden light Step up Enchant us, take your place tonight Those like me that huddle in the darkness all alone Let angels take you home So behold a terrible beauty, Kathleen Noolan Behold a second coming, slouching on she lives outside her beauty And demands you take a stand Long ago She gave her life For Ireland It's not so dark in the cave tonight. Just over here, there's a crack of light. I 
as the day. I heard the voices coming through the wall and they're digging for a brand new shopping mall. They just knocked off for the day. It's late at night and the stars are deep and I'm okay, I don't need sleep. <laughs> I've been sleeping for quite some time. I'm ready to dance with the devil's daughter. I don't need to walk on water. I know I can run on wine. Voices are humming through the ground, the spirits that kick old bones around and the wind picks up again. The ocean roars, it's time to wait. The lion screams at heaven's gate. The forest people call my name. Oh, they call me names I never understood. I am the spirit of the wind and the wood. I am the name and the writing on the wall. Writing on the wall. I don't know when and I don't know how. I do know I'm much stronger now, and I wouldn't have come if I hadn't heard you call. I remember the day they put me here. The workmen wrapped in masks of fear, slowly rolling in the stone. They nailed my hands to a round tree, and they burned my body and they blinded me and they buried me here alone. Arthur kissed my bloody eyes and you will live and we will die but you will harm nobody here. But over his shoulder high on the hill I see her laughing waiting still the lovely Guinevere. Arthur cursed when he saw me smile. The sun went dark and the wind went wild and he put me in this place. For years I slept in this holy park, slowly healing in the dark. I can hardly wait to see that workman's face. That's Doug MacArthur with Maud Gone, followed by the beautiful narration Merlin from The Horses of the Sea. It's his latest album. Doug's our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. He's in Chelsea, Quebec. We are in Leamington, Ontario. Got to tell you a story. We actually were going to do this live in the studio a few weeks ago, but unfortunately, I was on a music cruise and came back and was quite sick. I don't know if it was coronavirus or not. <laughs> well, now, but I was definitely not able to spend time with Doug, so I'm so pleased to be able to do that today. So what happens now, Doug? I'm intrigued. Do you think there'll be another volume? I kind of feel like I should say, Doug, I want another version of this. Uh, we need to have some more songs <laughs> uh, about Ireland. Do think, I do think so, yeah, because I've already kind of started to write more material. I don't know if I'm going to get to Ireland this summer because the transportation, everything's 
kind of just mixed up this summer. Uh, my original plan was to go back and do the bike tour again and do the same thing, go up each end. I also wanted to include a trip to Scotland. So that was the way I intended to spend my summer. Now I don't know what uh, is going to happen, but certainly I'll be back there. I continue to read history, Irish history. I continue to talk to Irish people and um, I continue to be fascinated by it. So uh, I would not at all be surprised if there wasn't a, a volume two at some point. People seem to like this. I mean, it's not a huge release or anything like that. And you would think it would be rather a specialized amount of interest, you know, like you'd almost have to be interested in Ireland to start with. But I'm actually finding some crossover. People are passing it around and talking about it. And I think they realize that that it is a bit of a unique effort. It has an internal coherency which quite frankly has been lacking in some of my other CDs because I'm, I'm very eclectic. I like to do rock and roll. I like to do everything. And uh, you can listen to it all the way through and you're just seeing different facets of the same thing. There are themes that run all the way through it. And uh, it wasn't necessarily all planned that way, but uh, that's the way it ended up. Yeah. I should mention actually, if people want to to see more of Doug's pictures from Ireland, the photography, you Go to dougimac.com and check them out. Now, I think, are you also involved in video? Probably more video production than music these days. Up here, there's all kinds of opportunities, uh, museums and stuff that are requiring video work. So I've built a professional studio that I run here and I take care of that. And my big project was with Bobby Watt and uh, RJW Stonemasons. We uh, documented the rebuilding of the Parliament buildings over the last five years. So I put... 12 episodes of that up on uh, YouTube for them. And so that was kind of the biggest project I've actually been involved with to date. I'm kind of a one-stop shop because I can do the music and I can do most of the narration and I can do the filming. And uh, and I, I think I'm pretty adventurous. I like to get out there, I like to hang off the side of the building and get the shot sort of thing. So uh, that's turned into uh, a second career for me, which is great. I'm curious about live performance. When you get to go to Ireland, do you get to play any of these songs? Have you had a chance to share the album, you know, in performance at all? Uh, I did a, a small concert in Connemara on the last bike tour. And since then, I've been in, become very good friends with the people that run the bike tour. They are very interested in getting me to play more and more in Ireland. They see that what I'm doing is not trying to emulate Irish music, not trying to be another, you know, they're already such fantastic players doing legitimate Irish music. That would have been a, hopefully another part of this summer. They were going to try and use their connections and their friends uh, to uh, instill a small audience over there for me as well. I've sent it to uh, various Irish radio stations. So the response has been pretty good. Sometimes it's, it's a little difficult to explain the concept, because they kind of look at it and they say, my name could be Irish. And they think, oh, this is not guy doing off to Dublin in the green. And we got a 50 of those uh, in the other room, you know. And so they have to actually put it on and listen to it before they realize that that's not what's happening. That's why I went ahead and produced the physical CDs as well as the downloads, you know, to make it as simple as possible for radio people and music people in Ireland and other places to simply you know, if they have any interest at all 
give it a shot at five minutes and see if it's worth listening to, you know, because it is a bit of an odd concept. <laughs> well, it is and it isn't, because I actually, I was thinking that it would be kind of cool, you know, having had a chance to to check out the photo gallery on the on your website. I actually do that a few times. Usually every time I play a track from the album, <laughs> oh, I'll go and, you know, check it out again. But I, I'm thinking something multimedia would be kind of cool here, particularly because you narrate so well. Uh, it actually uh, would be kind of cool to have a show that had narrations and songs and visuals at the same time. That's what I would ideally like to do, both in North America and in Ireland. It's just a question of getting the uh, getting the world aware of it. You know, saying, oh, this is something that's actually quite different and perfectly harmless. Should go down fairly smoothly. I applied for a um, an artistic residency in Scotland this summer. I did not get it. Uh, but that would have been a three-month event working with other artists. And essentially, my the project I tried to sell them on was say, here's, the, here's what I did for Ireland. This is what I'll do for you sort of thing in the north of Scotland. Scotland and Ireland are closely connected, although you'll get lots of argument on that, I'm sure. But particularly in Northern Ireland, there's a huge Scottish influence that was taken over and settled by, uh, by Scottish people. And previous to that, uh, the Irish kings had had an Irish kingdom in Scotland all through Argyll. That was, uh, that was actually part of Ireland and at one point. I think much of my audience for this is probably not in Ireland. It's probably in North America. It's all the people that want to go to Ireland and that are, have a slightly romantic view of Ireland, which of course we all do, you know. And so I'm looking at places in the United States as well that might be interested in that, sending the album to Irish societies and Irish, there are Irish radio programs and such as well. So I have high hopes for the future. Well, I, I certainly want to encourage you as much as possible because I absolutely love the album. I wanted to thank you for spending the time to talk to us today. Remember, Doug MacArthur's new album, The Horses of the Sea, is fantastic. Definitely check it out. You can go to his website, dougimac.com. I certainly would encourage you to do that. We have time for one more song, Doug, and I'm going to finish with a letter to Marie that you mentioned earlier. Mm. Tell us a little bit more about this song. Well, as I said, this song was written 30 years ago. I became interested in reading some, uh, a lot of books about the First World War and the terrible battles of the Somme and these areas that had happened at the first book I really got into, I can't quite remember the title right at the moment, but it was described the Irish contribution to that and Irish soldiers going over there. So I wrote the whole song, as you see it now, which was with an Irish point of view, and uh, the soldier is dying and he's, he's dreaming of Belfast, for example. And I was fine with this until I read another book <laughs> that described the Newfoundlands in the Battle of the Somme, which was virtually identical. So I kept trying for a while to rewrite it as a Newfoundland song, and it just didn't work. I mean, I'd, I'd done it right the first time. Uh, so it ended up being my first foray into Irish history, really, and the, probably the first Irish song I, I, I had ever written. Well, it's a beautiful song, perfect way to finish. This is Doug MacArthur with Letter to Marie from his fabulous album, the Horses of the Sea. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. And thanks again for Doug for spending the time with us today. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. 
first day of July, 1916. It's summer back in Belfast, and oh, the hills are green. The gardens burst in. I hope the boys are well. I know the lads are roaring drunk at the local cat and bell. Do you remember the days when we first met? We were almost certain. But not decided yet, and I reached up behind you to touch a lock of hair. Looked inside your open eyes and saw me living there. Fare well, sweet Marie. Please. Remember me. I'm hanging on the wire in a place called Gibraltar, in the valley of the Somme. On the other side of hell, been having hair since morning. No one can cut me down. I'm trying to be very still while the bullets pick around. Bleeding from the shoulder, I'm bleeding deep inside. Starting to cross over like my mates who've lately died. And I'm thirsty for your loving. I'm thirsty for your arms. I'm thirsty for well water from the boyhood Irish farm. Farewell, sweet Marie. Censors wouldn't pass it, not even on better days. Many are the messages on the wire tonight. Many the savage Ulsterman has had his final fight. Remember me. Farewell.
Hi, this is Lizzie Hoyt, and you are listening to the fabulous Folk Roots Radio with Jan Hall. Tonight for my sins, I'm sleeping in Dublin. Tomorrow I travel, so no sleep at all. Across the dark ocean and back to my homeland. Time to unravel the truth of it all. The grey liffy flows by the castle of Dublin. Flows like the corrib, the shannon and boyd. Tonight is the night, the eve of the NASA. I'm going out dancing with Molly Moon it shines down on the bridge of O'Connell Grafton Street shining like a carpet of stars The shadows have gathered in the green of St. Stephen The drumming has started in Old Temple Bar The grey liffy flows by the castle of Dublin Past the four courts and the old GPO Tonight is the night all the soul soldiers, we all go out dancing with Molly Malone. A hundred years later, you can purchase a ticket, stand where the brave heroes fell. The smell of the cordite, the ghost of a gunship, O'Connell Street all blown to hell. Jack Gates has painted the scene I am seeking, James. Choice wrote it down long ago. The cry of the gulls, the rain on the river, is all that is left of the Norseman below. The grey liffy flows by the castle of Dublin. Under the garden, the Blackpool still flows. All of it rushing on down to the ocean. And I am out dancing with Molly below. That's Doug MacArthur with Sleeping in Dublin from his wonderful album, The Horses of the Sea. And that's all we have time for in this hour of Folk Roots Radio. I hope you enjoyed our chat with Doug. You can check it out again on our website at folkrootsradio.com alongside many other interviews and radio episodes. And thanks again to all of our radio partners who help us bring Folk Roots Radio to you each week. We'll leave you with one more track from Doug's great new album, The Horses of the Sea. This is the beautiful Hills of Connemara. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. We'll definitely see you next time. Did you see how the light hit the top of the bay? You see how the star fields are showing? It's time and past time I was on my way It's time and past time I was going We're sitting here and we're pounding back beer Days fade away in the maze and the haze and the gray misty waves carving my name in the hills 
Connemara Old dreams and old failures have fallen away The future is way past our knowing It's time and past time I was on my way It's time and past time I was going Over the ocean and down to the sea The road down to Lena is calling to me And the Killary wind is singing my name In the hills of Connemara I'll rise and go now and go to Innisfree A small cabin built there of clay and wattles made Nine bean rows will I have there A hive for the honeybee alone in the beloved glade and I shall have some peace there for peace comes dropping slow dropping from veils of morning to where the cricket sings their midnights all a glimmer noon a purple glow and the evenings full of the linnet's wings I'll rise and go now for always, night and day, I hear lake water lapping, low sounds by the shore. While I stand on the roadway or on the pavement's gray, 